Holly G with the Golf Insiders with one of our favorites. He's the best mental coach in the game, Dr. Bob Winters from the Ledbetter Academy here in Orlando. Dr. Bob, great to have you on today. Hey, it's great to be on the show with you, Holly. How are you? Well, doing well, good to see the LPGA and the Champions Tour back and, um, you know, a great finish on Sunday for the PGA Tour with um, Justin Thomas pulling it out in the end. Uh, we saw some interesting things going on there. Um, you know, this little segment we're doing here, a, a new uh, weekly e-newsletter on uh, For Your Game. And... You know, we were discussing before we came on air here, um, really, you know, some of the basics that average golfers can do to, you know, improve their routine and get themselves ready to go out to play. We know the tour players, you know, practice and practice and practice all kinds of routines so that they go out there and, um, you know, have nothing else to focus on except playing good golf. So what are your thoughts on that? Well, let's just start right from the very beginning. The difference between amateurs, and amateurs, Latin for amateur, meaning love of the game, and professionals, they play it as their, their vocation. So they're playing for money, they're playing for titles, they're playing for a livelihood. And I've always said that amateurs practice long and hard so they can get it right, and professionals practice long and hard so they cannot get it wrong. So the big thing, you know, between amateurs and professionals, professionals, before they go out to go play, they would never even think of not being totally ready whether that's physically, mentally, emotionally ready to perform an 18-hole performance round. Now, most amateurs always talk, especially to me, about the one thing or the two things they want. They want consistency and confidence. And, and those are just two things that go hand in hand. But I always say that most amateurs that I work with and I'm saying almost 95% of them, and, and these are the weekend players, the recreational golfers, the ones that really aren't the serious single-digit handicappers. They're kind of a different animal altogether. But these people don't take the time, or they don't even understand really what the cliches, such as you know, play your game, play one shot at a time, be in the moment. They hear those things, but they don't understand what they mean. And so they rush out, and they're very consistent, Holly, in their inconsistency. <laughs> so every time they go out and every swing they make, it's a different swing key. It's a different swing movement. Every day they warm up, if they warm up at all, it's different. So there's a lot of variation. There's a lot of loose parts in this moving wheel within you know the brain of most of these amateur golfers so i'm glad to be on this segment for your game because we're going to talk about some very specific tips that are very simple easy to follow but will be quite powerful 
for anybody who actually listens in and applies a few of these very simple tips. So we've all played with a wide variety of amateur golfers. And, you know, they're, they're the guys that show up, you know, 15 minutes before, throw their shoes on, and just make it to the, just make it to the first tee. Uh, they're the guys that, you know, get the couple of buckets and are grinding before they even make it to the first tee. What's your suggestion for, before you even get to that first tee, what's your best routine for warming up? Well, the first thing is, I, I would say, let's hit at least 10 to 15 balls. Seriously, I mean, just 10 to 15 balls. It doesn't have to be 35, 40, 50. It doesn't have to be this El Supremo tour level type warm up, but just 15 balls. But before you even hit your first ball, what you have to be able to do, you've got to be able to lace up, you know, those golf shoes. Uh, make sure you're just starting your focus, letting go of the expectations of the day. Holly, that's huge. Most, I would say most amateurs, even you know professionals, they go out to the first tee, they have unrealistic expectations, uh, delusions of grandeur, if you will, and then after a series of three or four holes, they're not warmed up, their expectations of what they imagined all week was going to happen on Saturday morning, it's dashed by the fifth or sixth hole, and by that time, like you said earlier, they're ready to go into the pro shop and demand their money back because their results, and they are quite you know, chaotic and inconsistent, didn't match their expectations. So the first thing I would say, you know, check your expectations, leave your ego at the door, pay your money, and say, you know what, it's my time, my money, let's have a blast enjoying my game. And let's just go out and play and play as well as we can. Now, I talk about the 15 balls. I just want to elaborate on that. Just make about three or four or five warm-up swings, hitting no balls at all, just sort of stretching, you know, moving your shoulders, doing, you know, doing nice rotary movements, doing a few bends. You don't have to be the mechanic, you know, Jimenez out there doing the squats and the little Neely hula hoops. But you really do have to create some blood movement and get, you know, your blood pumping in your body and warm up your muscles. And why is that important for most amateurs? Well, most amateurs that we're talking about are in the 30 to 70-year-old range. And, hey, listen, we're not, you know, the flexible flat bellies that we used to be at 10, 15, 20 years old. Our bodies need to have a little movement to warm up the muscles, to, you know, glide across the joints and the bones. So the five, you know, sort of what I call air guitar swings, if you will. And then start with some real easy wedges, hit maybe three or four wedges, move into maybe an eight iron, then about five uh, mid irons, some five irons. And then if you want to hit, you know, four or five drivers, fine. But that's, you know, a 15-ball warm-up. I just think that right there. And then even when you're doing those warm-ups, really, you know, stand behind the ball, really rehearse behind the ball, you know, think about what you want to do, create, you know, a feel for the shot, then step in, aim in a line, and swing with intent and a sense of purposefulness to a specific target. Now, if you can do that for every one of those balls for 15 times, 
that is really the transfer element that will help you when you get to the golf course to the first tee. It isn't that you're just sort of willy-nilly hitting balls out into the ocean. You're really sort of warming up with a very specific purpose because you're hitting specific golf shots to, to intended targets. And that right there is just something that everybody adopts. It only takes maybe 10, 15 minutes at the most to do. It will lead to lower scores. I almost uh, assure everyone who's listening to this. It will lead to lower scores, uh, happier results, and a better day for you on the golf course. All right, let's talk about the second part of that warm-up equation, which is the putting green. No, we know that most golfers like to go, you know, bang it on the range, but we know where you putt for dough, and that's uh, warming up that flat stick. So what do you suggest there? Well, you don't have to hit a lot of putts, but, you know, drop three balls, and then I would actually just roll some balls across the green, hitting them, just making nice, smooth uh, stroke, hitting it solid, just thinking about hitting it solid, but going to nothing, not going to a specific hole or specific target, just rolling maybe about three to six balls back and forth across the green. Now, what that gives you is going to give you a nice speed appreciation, uh, what we call a rolling resistance appreciation of what the greens are like that day. We always talk about green speed, the step meter, uh, the, the rotational speed of the greens. But that's how you can do it. And the human brain really picks it up, you know, pretty fast. So you do that maybe back and forth. Then maybe put a couple of tees down and go out of maybe about eight or nine steps, which would be about, you know, 30 feet. And then putt specifically to a couple of those tees. And then after you do that, you have pretty good distance control. You can sort of get the ball very close to the tees or even hitting those tees and just stopping it right there in a real nice tight dispersion pattern. Go to some two-footers. Maybe even start with a one-footer. You know, see one or two balls go into the hole. Start your day going to a hole seeing, feeling, and hearing success. Then go back and make some three-footers. Go through your routine, some three- and four-footers, because those, you know, are the putts, you know, that really, you know, win your two-dower NAS. They actually help you win your club championship. But those are the ones that I think you need. You don't need to really practice a whole lot, but you need to get the speed appreciation. You need to get that feel for distance control down early. Then you need to go see some uh, success pictures at the end. We saw something a couple of weeks ago. Uh, Colin Morikawa, who was in a playoff at the Charles Schwab Challenge against Daniel Berger, lipped out on a short putt on the first playoff hole. You hate to see a player lose that way. And, you know, those are the th kinds of things that can derail a player. But Colin Morikawa, who I think is, and we've talked about him, is going to be a, you know, rising star, already is a rising star with his second win, uh, which he went on uh, the next week. And, you know, talk about a bounce back. This is, this is the way players, uh, you know, really become champions, that ability to bounce back, which you talk about all the time. 
Yeah, and you know, I have you know a new book, a new video series on my website, theconfidencedoctor.com, and I talk about the ten mental keys to great putting, what you already know, but what you need to hear again. And you know, rule number nine is that great putters miss putts. They do, but if you're going to miss, at least miss it while trying to make it. And and that's exactly what Colin did. And really, when you think about the great putters through history, great putters, they understand that missing is a part of the game. All great putters have missed short putts, from Doug Sanders to, you know, from the 1971 British Open uh, to, you know, Scott Hoke at the Masters, what, in 88, 89. Uh, you know, then he had, you know, to, to lose to Nick Faldo. I mean, there's just a whole lot of players that miss putts, but they do not let a miss affect their putting confidence, and they have to sort of walk away. And that's one of the things about golf is that, you know, it's an equal opportunity, equal failure situation. I mean, it doesn't favor anyone, and it will beat you up. And you have to be tough enough, smart enough to realize that you're not going to make all the putts. You're going to actually miss some, and you're going to miss some crucial little putts. But I will say this also, Holly, I think most missed putts are due to two things. One is an over thoroughness or over carefulness people you know get so locked up in trying not to miss that they lock it up and they over control and then the second part of that is they make careless putts they just step up there unthinking and they hit it without even aiming and aligning properly so you have to treat each putt one foot two foot three foot with the proper respect because it means just as much as that 280 300 yard drive but yeah colin and he came back you know uh in yeah his, one uh, at the work day uh the inaugural yes. event at muirfield golf club at, at which muirfield. we know is you know jack's place so what what a great turnaround a few weeks later well it was and uh so he was going there uh against who was it justin thomas there as well and uh, you know, in the playoff, is yes. that right? Yes. I remember it. Yep. And I remember Justin Thomas made like this uh, inconscionable fifty footer, and Colin had to make like about an eighteen footer on top of him just to continue the match to send it into sudden victory, and he did. And so that's how you see that players, you know, when they rebound, they actually can learn from a mistake, grow from it grow in confidence, grow in what we call durable confidence, and then go on and actually have more success rather than, oh, I missed it, I'm doom and gloom, I've damaged my round, I'm snake bit, I can't make any putts. So we're always trying to tell people, and this is really one of the things I tell people all the time, if you're missing it and you're missing putts, if you're missing them well, meaning you're burning the edges, it's only a matter of time before they'll drop and you can catch fire. And I've seen that happen again and again at the junior, amateur, collegiate, and tour level with all of my players. I'm always telling them, listen, you know, did you really miss it while trying to make it? And did you miss it well? So I think that's a real strong strategy 
for this for your game section. Awesome, Dr. Bob. It's always great to spend some time with you. And uh, please tell my listeners where they can learn more about uh, your your new um, site, the, the Confidence Doctor, as well as how they can seek you out for some personal coaching and instruction. Well, I've got a lot of a lot of different things going on, a lot of different websites, but uh, if they really want to find out about great putting, they want to contact me directly, they can go into two different websites. One is drbobwinters.com, and the other is theconfidencedoctor.com. And there at theconfidencedoctor.com is our new video series, The Ten Mental Keys to Great Putting. And uh, also, if they go into leadbetter.com, uh, just two days ago, we, uh, I'm very proud to announce this, we created a, something that's so revolutionary. I'll take a, a minute here to talk about it. It's called Tournament Thoughts for Great Golf, Taking It to the Course. And what it is, I hand carry players of every age, level, and, and skill ability, and I take them from a week or two weeks before a tournament or a pressure situation I take them to the night of the competition, uh, driving to the golf course, arriving to the golf course, the warm up, the practice, you know, session, the warm up session, the putting, you know, playing one shot at a time, building momentum, closing the deal, and then doing a post round evaluation. So we have 13 very specific audio chapters, and that's at Ledbetter University. So if we go on to davidledbetter.com, you can go to the Golf Zone Led, Ledbetter University, and you can sign up for that course. But 13 wonderful audios that are just sort of new age. They're very, very uh, cutting edge, uh, avant-garde, if you will. And there's nothing been like it you know, done before. And I've been working on this for 15, 20 years to bring something to every golfer that, hey, all I have to do is listen and learn. So that's at, you know, leadbetter.com. But uh, a lot of different people can get a hold of me. And we've, we've been really, really fortunate this year with everything that's gone on, everything that's gone on, that we've still got people. People are out there winning uh, setting you know personal records, shooting course records, and and also just you know breaking ninety. Some of my players working with breaking ninety, breaking eighty, breaking seventy for the first time, setting new personal uh, benchmarks for peak performance. So it's it's been wonderful so far. So hopefully people can get a hold of me. If you can't get a hold of me, can't find me, just Google me, Doctor Bob Winters. And you'll be able to find me and locate me. And I'm always, you know, ready and willing to help anyone who really wants to improve their mental game uh, right now. All right, Dr. Bob, thank you so much. Always great to have you on the show. And uh, stay well, my friend. Thank you, Holly. And always remember, the moment you change your mind, you change your game. Thanks so much for having me on.